It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who they think they're going to beat them Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast with your host, Joe Goodberry and Jake Lisko. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. I know Joe booked his family vacation. I've got my parents are coming up to Canada. They're doing a tour of Banff National Park in Alberta and then heading Bad out. ass motherfucker park, huh? Banff with an N, but almost. Oh, never mind then. It's a beautiful park, though. Absolutely beautiful mountains. If you didn't know, the Rocky Mountains, of course, extend into Canada, into western Calgary. So so they're not just in Colorado? It's weird, right? That's amazing. Fun fact of the day. Then they'll make their way out west to visit me. I'm sure I've told them they used Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. Hotels.com. Also want to remind you, you can find our podcast on the Himalaya Podcast app along with all the other usual suspects. But Himalaya has themed collections of shows to help with podcast discovery. So if you're looking for more stuff to fill your day, check out Himalaya for your Lockdown Bengals needs. You need like eight one-hour podcasts to fill a whole eight-hour shift if you are able to listen to that many podcasts in one day. That's right. And we will get repetitive if you try to listen to us for eight hours. If you, especially if you listen to the same podcast for eight hours. Don't do that. So, Joe, mandatory minicamp starts tomorrow. You right. start night shifts tomorrow, so we're going to be on solo shows until Friday. We think we're going to do a mailbag a day late this week. Yep, that's right. Night shifts till 5 a.m., so I'll be a zombie if you try to make me do it uh, with you at any other time. And the same would go for me. Actually, I'd just be working. Anyway, there <laughs> is a little bit of news today. The Bengals signed a player. His name is John Jerry. He played for the Dolphins during Bully Gate, as it were, when Jim Turner was there as the offensive line coach. I read somebody say his name was mentioned in that report like over 100 times. I think it was 109 or something like that. In the report? So he was one of the bad ones? Apparently. He was he was involved. Hmm. He didn't play in the NFL last year. He was most recently... With the New York Football Giants, he's graded pretty well for Pro Football Focus over the years, especially as a pass protector. He's giant, six five three forty, but he's strictly a guard. And uh, I don't know why the Bengals need every interior <laughs> offensive lineman on the planet in free agency, but here we are. 
it's weird, right? The whole process is weird of continuing to add players to the guard position when the tackle position is is the obvious area of concern and depth thin. It's thin at tackle. I mean, we're talking about Trey Hopkins and Cordy Glenn are the are the backups when we've discussed how Cordy Glenn probably shouldn't be a backup. But point being that they move a tackle that's quality or has been quality to guard. They sign more guards. We don't get to get a chance to see Westerman or Redman or anything, any of these guys that have had some experience or maybe have flashed some upside. Meanwhile, Clint Bowling's on the sideline with an undisclosed injury. So the guard position is very weird that the Bengals continue to add. They also, I don't know if you mentioned, they released Rod Taylor, who was a seventh-round pick last year. Coincidentally, also from Ole Miss, as John Jerry was too. Yeah, it's it's. I didn't mention that, so that's a good addition. He tore his ACL on the first day of training camp last year, never recovered, or hasn't yet recovered, I should say, well enough to participate in practices, so unfortunate for him, uh, but a seventh-round pick there that doesn't appear to have worked out in the short term, at least. Um, now, John Jerry is likely a depth signing, but if he can reach his levels of pass protection that he's had in the past, hypothetically, he could play guard for you and you'd be okay. Now, if that's the case, if I want to spin this and and put a conspiracy theory into the world, it's that, well, maybe this frees up Cordy Glenn to go to the right side, but I, I am very sure that's not what this move is about. No, I just think this is a complete depth move, giving a guy you know a chance to get an NFL career again since he wasn't in the league last year. And I, I think that's probably what Jim Turner's doing here. And based on who's been unavailable so far through the OTAs, that being Redmond, Westerman, and Bowling, uh, they, and then let the last day Clint, uh, was Cordy Glenn also. So maybe there's more going on with Cordy Glenn than we don't know uh, that maybe he's not able to get back and it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's a guy that's dealt with injuries his entire career. So could be. Uh, you know, it could be just that they need a veteran guy in there that can give them quality snaps right now, and and maybe he makes a team, maybe he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, I guess if if it's if it's truly that those four guards are injured, well, that's half the guards on the team, and then you're down to John Miller, uh, Trey Hopkins, and now Michael John Jordan, Jerry and Michael Jordan, right? Which yeah. is fine for for you know minicamp, but. You want to eventually have an idea once this. I just I hate the idea of keep bringing on interior offensive linemen when I, I kind of get worried about Clint Bowling. I really don't want to see him released. Things keep looking that way, but it might just be that he's hurt. It, it's right. They they don't have to tell us right now, so they're not. We don't really know what's going on with injuries. We we do know that he hasn't practiced and. Neither has Redmond, and Westerman's also hurt. So we know that three guys are hurt. We know that Glenn missed a practice. So a lot of indication that there's injury, and the rest is very murky. Yeah, and if that is just it, then still you have to wonder where his spot is when he when he's healthy. You know, does that mean all of a sudden now they move Cordy Glenn to right tackle? And it, it goes to a larger question, too, because I, I was on Reddit the other day on the Bengals page, and people are uh, saying, oh, is this line good enough? Is it a better offensive line than last year and or what it's been? And is it 2014-15 levels? And um, largely, I, I thought, you know, it's a lot of questions, but um, a lot of unknowns because, in my mind, 
Cordy Glenn is a, is a question mark, still moving to guard and health-wise. But if you release Clint Bowling, I think that means the first guy off the bench is Trey Hopkins or maybe Michael Jordan. And uh, those guys are, for the large part of their career, Trey Hopkins has been just an okay, adequate plug-and-play guy. And we don't know what Michael Jordan is. So I still think they have a lot of issues on this offensive line. And I'd, I'd hate to he- hear them. Uh, well, actually, we, I guess we're not hearing it is is everything we need to know that they're not trying other personnel packages or a variation, a mix of the starting five offensive line. It seems like the guys they put out there that day one has been who's been out there every day, and that's who they'd like to win the job. I think so, which we'll have to see how it plays out. I mean, the team repeatedly has put its faith in, and the coaching staff has repeatedly gone on record saying this is going to be a different year for Bobby Hart, who, of course, is the biggest question for everyone. And if it wasn't Bobby Hart, then our biggest question would be, how is rookie Jonah Williams going to play? How is Billy Price going to play after a bad rookie year? Who's going to play? Gar- I mean, there are questions everywhere. Yeah. Even, even after all the investment. So you have to hope the coaching staff knows what you're doing. And if you want to be an optimist about it, then you put a little bit of trust in them and say they have a plan. They have faith in these guys. They have faith in their scheme. Yep. But it was something that Evan Silva pointed out when we talked about the Rams offense and the potential improvement for John Ross coming with the implementation of that offense. And that is that they had a very good offensive line. Yeah. And, and, and they invested is, in veterans. Right. And that is a cornerstone of and, and the foundation of their success. And now if that doesn't translate to an average degree in Cincinnati, the Zach Taylor offense could have a hard time getting off the ground, I think. Oh, d- definitely. I mean, it, we've seen the offensive lines derail a otherwise good sporting cast around a solid quarterback before. And we've seen it recently. So uh, it can happen. And just because they've made changes doesn't mean they'll be better. There's a lot of reasons they could be worse. I mean, with a rookie tackle with Bobby Hart, um, if Billy Price doesn't take another step, if John Miller is the John Miller the Bills had last year, and then if Cordy Glenn doesn't make the transition to left guard. Now I'm talking worst-case scenario, but that is the scenario where easily I could see all of a sudden we're looking at this, yeah, they changed a lot of guys, they changed a lot of faces, moved some guys around, drafted a guy in the first round, but they ended up with a worse offensive line. It's hard to imagine them getting worse. But that it's it's not... It's on the realm of possibility, in my opinion, because... Everything's Jonah... possible. I, I just think it's, they were so bad last year that it, it's hard to imagine them being that much worse. Their run blocking wasn't that bad last year, and uh, of all things. And then the pass, because of the quick passing game, they were adequate. It was when they needed them to create big plays and hold on a little bit longer. You know, it really was the right side of the offensive line in terms of pass protection. And, and run blocking, it was just a... I think the lack of cohesion and, and scheme. Are you suggesting that then the scheme will make things worse? Why would it be no, worse? No, scheme would make it better. So why would because it be worse this year? You could actually have worse players. Where? The left tackle? Sure, you could. Yeah, rookie left tackle at left guard. Clint Bowling is a decent left guard. and He might still be the left guard. We have no he idea. Might be. But as of right now, if it's Cordy Glenn, there's a good chance. Not a good chance. I'm sorry. There is a chance that he's a worse guard. And I, I think he looks like a worse guard when you just look at him on film and look at his ability. If Billy Price plays the entire year, because Trey, Trey Hopkins was better than him when he played. So the Bengals got a little boost there in weeks three, four, and five, uh, and second half of week two. If if it's Billy Price and he isn't better and he's healthy and they're still trotting him out there, then there's a chance they're even worse at that position. Your outline for them getting worse at 
offensive line at every position seems far from feasible. It is possible. I'm not going to say it's not. I don't not think it's, it's remotely likely. I'm not saying it's likely. I, I don't think Cordy Glenn was that good at left tackle last year either. He wasn't good. He didn't he grade well. He gave up a lot of pressures. Yeah. And he, and he dealt with injuries. But we've, we know rookie tackles could have a, a myriad of success and failures and as, as rookies. It could go a lot of different ways. And you also expect rookie centers to become better players in their second year. Usually, and but you don't go from being the worst on your team to going to be good. You may it's be, also a full okay. offseason for him after he was hurt last year, which we've heard many players talk about making a big difference. At right, at right guard, I think you go from a player that had huge mental issues with penalties and wasn't a very good pass protector to at least a guy that is average. Now, I just, he, I just, I think the most likely outcome is not that they're worse. I, I don't well, see. I, I don't. Th- I wouldn't worse say it is a likely, likely outcome. I think it's I an outcome, but I think it's an unlikely outcome. Is what I'm trying. I'm just to say. saying. There's so many times we look in the off season and we say they should be better here. They should be better. They should be better. And then at the end of the year, we go, they were worse there. And we, it's easy to see afterwards. So I'm just saying, giving scenarios going into it that there are. They're not going to be worse at all five, but there's a chance they're worse at left guard. There's a chance they're worse at right guard. There's a chance they get the same exact play they got at right tackle. And in that scenario, you have a bad offensive line. The way you're talking about it sounds like it's what you believe is going to happen. And I think this is why our fans might think, or listeners, I should say, might think that sometimes we're a little negative. And now I'm on the positive side of it. Oh, yeah. People think we're negative? I I think one or two. One or two out of the listeners. (laughs) One or two listeners. Let's take a quick break and come back and talk about some exciting news that AJ Green is coming back to training camp. Any last words? Sorry, mini camp, I should say. Any last words on what you believe the most likely outcome for the offensive line is? That the scheme hides them and uh, they get into a scenario where they need to protect oh, and throw and they can't do it. I don't, just, no, that's right. Your thought. It's a cop you want to be The likely answer is that the scheme and the play I action. I want to know what you think hide. is going to happen to the individual player performance scheme regardless. Gonna, Bobby Hart's going to be Bobby Hart. John Miller's going to be okay. Billy Price is going to be okay. Cordy Glenn's going to be injured half the games and be okay when he's healthy. And, and Jonah Williams is going to be okay as a rookie. All right. That's Isn't that better than bad from last year? Well, they got they got a mixed result at left tackle last year. There were some games where Cordy Glenn was good, some games where he was bad, depending on how probably how his health felt. And I would Overall, think that you're going to get the same thing from Jonah Williams. Right, that's what I mean. You'll get a mixed game, mixed bag. Uh, left guard, they got a decent year at left guard. At center, they when Billy Price was in there, most of the games, you know, like eight out of ten were poor or average to below, and Trey Hopkins was average for most of his games in, inside. So uh, as a whole, they were. Just barely okay, I guess. Um, at right guard, they were bad, and the penalties killed them. So just killing, just getting rid of those penalties makes them better at right guard. Bobby Hart is Bobby Hart, and I don't expect them to be any different, but I expect them to hide him more. I'm not arguing with you about the right tackle, but I think the rest of the offensive line should be okay. Or I don't see the other positions getting worse, is, is I guess what my point is, except maybe left guard, but I think that would be an issue of coaching decisions and personnel decisions more than it would necessarily be the players available to the Bengals to put on the field. Sometimes you like a certain style and a certain player and a certain size, as we've heard with Jim, Jim Turner. It's a theme for him. Right. So you sacrifice maybe some steady play for the chance to create more and in, in uh, push or more, have more size or, you know, in the run game. And if that's the case, then 
he may see it as a as a positive impact, but you know it can be looked at in, in many ways. I guess we're trying to project here, so it's hard to say for sure. All right. Well, there's your final verdict. I got Joe to commit. It's on air. We're going to go to a break. I'm going to tell you a little bit about our other sponsor for this episode that you've heard about for the last couple of weeks, and that's Grip Six Belts. There are special offers available to you right now at grip6.com slash lock. That's grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E. I know Joe's getting one for Father's Day, I assume at least by now. They are ultra lightweight belts with no holes, no flap, and a great low profile. Very comfortable. Many of the other Locked On hosts wear them and have good things to say. Get one for yourself. Get one for your dad. Get one for your brother. Just go get a belt. We'll be right back. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Bengals Podcast. Jake and Joe for our final segment of today's episode. Big news. The best offensive player. I, should I say best player? I think it's Geno Atkins. So I'm going to say best offensive player on the team is back, or at least cleared, to participate in practice. And he says he will. A.J. Green will do individual drills during the OTAs this week, or mini camp, I should say, right? Um, this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll take part, catching passes, running some routes. Won't do the full 7-on-7, 11-on-11, but that's okay. It seems a little bit earlier than I expected originally because – I believe when they first got together and they they uh, at the stadium, he said that it would be training camp, if I remember correctly. But now it seems like he's back, feels no pain after surgery, no setbacks, no soreness. He's good to go. Surgically repaired toe, though. That doesn't sound great. I mean, I guess I knew it was a thing, but just reading the words, this is a Bengals.com article. That is striking anyway he is right going to be participating in minicamp and his plan prior to this was he was going to be a full participant in training camp which i think we can still expect yeah i I guess that's right we should expect him to be there as long as he doesn't have a setback right actually doing the work but i think rehab they put him through strenuous activities they expect him to be fully fine he did say that he was going to even if he had finished the year last year he needed the surgery anyway, and it would have set him back another six weeks or so. So this could be looked at as a good thing uh, in hindsight now that he did miss those final uh, month and a half. I feel like that had something to do with it, right? Like they were losing games at that point. Their playoff odds were very low. Yeah. I, I'm sh- I don't know. you got to make a decision for yourself there. I think if you're the player at some point to get that taken care of, make sure you're getting back. He is. Like you said, he's due, for, or like the Bengals.com article said anyway, he's due for an extension, so it makes sense that he would want to get healthy for this year in case he doesn't extend with the Bengals. He'll want that contract elsewhere, and missing time in the offseason makes that hard. Now, it makes it hard anyway, as we talked about with Billy Price, just missing time generally in yep. the offseason is generally a detriment. But when you're as good and as established as A.J. Green I feel like he'll be fine. 
you would expect, right, that he could jump in, especially this late in his career. That, uh, More so it, than most players, him. yeah. Yeah, and it, it's funny you bring up the contract. I don't think we mentioned this on yesterday's, but there was a quote from him that uh, A.J. Green said, quote, Cincinnati is home for me. I've been here nine years. This is home as much as South Carolina. All I know is Cincinnati. I can't see myself playing anywhere else or playing in a different city. Hopefully, I can be here for a couple more years. I feel like it's the same thing we heard from Andrew Whitworth. Oh, man. Why do you got to do that? I, I just, now, who's the negative one? I just, I'm just saying I, I'm fairly certain that is like almost word for word. I mean, obviously not a direct quote, but it's the same exact gist as, as what Andrew Whitworth was saying late in his career in Cincinnati. I'm sure it was. And I remember reading afterwards about Whitworth and the process. And yeah, that's how he felt. He couldn't, even during the time of negotiation and, and um, being courted as a free agent, he couldn't see himself anywhere until it happened. Yeah. I mean, and, and I can relate to this more than ever right now, actually. I'm dealing with trying to find a way to make a little bit more money at my job. And I was talking to my boss about it, and it just got into the same. I, like, I, I use the analogy of, of professional athletes when it's like, I want, I want to be where I'm working. I want to stay there. They want to keep me there. But then the question always comes down to, well, can we make, I mean, obviously when you're talking about 8 million versus $10 million, you're living fine, but I I get it to some degree, right? Like you need the money to make sense. And that's what it is for these guys. So money needs to be right. You're not going to leave $3 million on the table. No, no one does. That's $3 million. The only person that's going to do that is like Tom Brady because his wife is making more than him anyway. Yeah. It's like anyone that's listening. If you've had a job or been to a, been a place nine years, right, and you know there's another job out there that maybe could pay a little bit more, sometimes you're like, man, it's not worth it to pick up everything I, I've built and everything I've done. Uh, you get kind of nervous about that the differences of that job. You're comfortable where you are, and you know it really would take a lot of money. And in in the NFL, you get that opportunity too have that big discrepancy in pay. The Rams come over and they say, hey, $3 million extra million a year. Well, that's a big difference rather than maybe $8,000 8, 8, more a year that you may get from, you know, uh, if we're talking you and I at a, at a regular job. Well, it still makes a big difference for, for a normal guy like, like you or I. You know, that that means you can afford an extra couple hundred dollars a month in mortgage or rent. That affects the kind of house you buy or the apartment you Car buy. payment. Yeah. Car payment, right. Like, any number of things for for NFL players, it's a different scale, but you still get it. And especially when you think about the amount of money that owners are making, this is what it always comes down to for me. Anytime an owner lets a player walk, people get really mad at the players saying, oh, he's too selfish. He should be taking a pay cut and be loyal. And it's like, no one is loyal to these players. The owners are making 20, 30, 50 times as much as the highest paid player on their team. Right. And and you want to get mad at Andrew Whitworth for going to take three million more dollars a year for the last three years of the last time he's going to be making that kind of money in his life? Were people mad at him? No, no, no. I I'm can't just remember. it as an example. Okay. Like I mean, people, I'm sure there people, people were. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, but, for sure. Right. But the general consensus was that the Bengals messed that up. Because yeah. you could look at it the other way, right? What's three million more to you as a franchise? Exactly. That's what, I, that's like what my that. point was. The, the right. owners have all this money and you're balking at three million dollars. And it's easy to say when it's someone else's money. But just when you start right. to do the percentage based kind of thing, you know, for 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 Joe or I, what, what's three million dollars a year out of five hundred million that Mike Brown's making every year, whatever it is. It's it's less than 
It's like a half a percent. I'm glad you could do the math because I don't pull on my calculator. Something like that. Were you good at math in school? I was okay. I wasn't excellent. I was better than average for sure. I took I took a international baccalaureate math class in high school. A what? Yeah. My school had three different curriculum or four different curriculum levels. They had, um, you know, the, the, the standard, they had honors, they had AP, and they had international baccalaureate. And I took the IB, international baccalaureate. Okay, you took it. Did you pass it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got. Oh, okay. a, I thought you're. I thought you were tricking me here. I I got mostly A's. I got. I think I got straight A's my last two years of high school. My first so then, two years were pretty rough. Yeah. So you you were good at math then. Good enough. See, yeah. I hit my wall in tenth grade. I was in advanced math in ninth, and then well, what, what, what was it? Was it was it geometry? What what got you? Uh no, it's, I got suspended for a whole semester oh, of school. Right. So I think I, we've uh, heard this story. I don't know if I talked about the story on, on, on here. And I, I don't know. Maybe if I will, I've heard but, uh, the story. Yeah, I've told you the story <laughs> offline. But yeah, so, so I missed the whole semester and it really screwed me up. Came back next year and I was like, I don't know what we're doing. I seem to have missed a section here. It's a good school punishment system for you, but that is yeah, not the exactly. topic of our podcast, <laughs> <is not>. it? <laughs> we better stay away from school administration. You want to, you want to go start a school administration podcast, Joe? No, I do not at all. No, not not something you're into? All right. So Let's wrap up with uh, A.J. Green's comments here at the end of the piece. And Andy Dalton, they're both saying, you know, there's a lot of pieces here. They both, they both said, or maybe it was mostly A.J. Green, people just have to stay healthy. And he's talking about himself, too. How do you stay healthy, though? I don't know. Is you it luck? It depends who you ask. Because there's some like doctors or trainers that'll say, oh yeah, that, that there's a lot of, you know, past history for injury and, and whether there's a correlation to predicting future injuries. I mean, I think there's a lot of doctors will say it's completely luck. And then there's some will say, well, he had this, so he's prone to having this because he's, you know, the surgery may, or the procedure that he had or the rehab that he had may not have completely um, fixed it or. or because of that injury, he started laboring or using different muscles and different straining different areas of yeah. his body, and now those are susceptible to injury. That's what a physiotherapist would tell you. Or, or uh, physical, what do they call them? They call them something different here. Physical therapist, that's what they call them. And what did I say? And that, you said physiotherapist. Physiotherapist, yeah, that's a Canadianism. Okay, so it's the same job? Yes. Right. Huh. Kevin Durant's playing tonight. All right. Well, that could swing the tide a little bit, huh? I don't know. They got to win four in a row now. That's tough. Your your hometown Toronto Raptors. Yeah, my home my home country. Neither of those things are true. <laughs> the entire the entire state of Canada is rooting for the for the Toronto Raptors. That's how it works. Uh, also today on Twitter, just the last Bengals topic. Obviously, we're out of things to talk about. We need minicamp to come back, and then we have to do six weeks of no minicamp. So wish us luck. We'll we'll start doing a bunch of a bunch of scheduled content. We'll figure it out. Don't worry about us. We'll be fine. Anyway, Paul Daner retweeted Bengals.com, tweeted about they 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 had their media day, day today. There's some cool promotional stuff out there. Uh Joe Mixon, Andy Dalton, AJ Green, um Jesse Bates, and Carlo Carlos Dunlap are the guys I remember being featured. I'm sure there are a few others. Yeah. Some linebackers. And also, um, 
Jay Morrison at the Athletic had a really good story and and caught up on, with Jeff Blake. What I, then I thought it was interesting. So check that out. Hmm. That sounds cool. Apparently, I missed some tweets today. Uh, one 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 mention I got. Carl Auberger tells me that Dave Lapham in his most recent podcast does talk about Christian Westerman and Trey Hopkins in the Bengals Booth podcast. So maybe we'll have to go give that a listen to see what we're missing. Carl doesn't say what he says though. Mm. And that okay. Got to support the content creators. No, that's fine. Yeah, I, I'm not saying tell us exactly, but or you know, tease me a little bit. I want to know if is it worth listening, or is he just mention them? He says very informative. Oh, thank you, Carl, for that very informative tweet of a very informative podcast. Big time endorsement. That'll do it for us here at the Lockdown Bengals podcast. As always, you can find us on the new Himalaya app. Curated playlist, discovery, everything you want. If you like podcasts, you'll find something new there. Also on the Google Play Store or Google Podcast and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the rest. Until next time, Bengals fans, have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.